ticket. Guys, Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipes box makes it easy to master essential oils at over $150 in value. You're going to get four full-size essential oils and all the ingredients you need to make six natural recipes, all for just $39 when you subscribe. Do you want to live a healthier life? Do you want the air in your home, or in my case, our tour bus, to be toxin-free? The answer is yes. Now, this is an amazing company, and here's why. Not just because of 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered straight to your door, but because these are essential oils that change the world, and here's how. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. I'm going to say that again. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. So when you get your essential oils from another company, well, you're going to get essential oils regardless. If you're like the West family, we want to get it from a company that wants to be a part of a cause greater than just profit. And that's what Simply Earth is about. We want to help end human trafficking. I hope you do too. These are the purest oils on earth. Like I said, 100% pure. There are no synthetics, no fillers in these oils. They're tested to be 100% pure with no additives, only the good stuff. These recipes work, too. Every single recipe is created and tested by AHA-certified aromatherapists. You won't get a recipe unless they love it. So here's how it works. You get 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered to your door. You follow the fun recipes in your Simply Earth essential oil recipe box to make products that you know will work because they're created and tested by certified aromatherapists. And you get to enjoy a home free of toxins as we are in the fall spending more time indoors that is more important now than ever so go to simplyearth.com slash west use the code west to get a free $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you subscribe today that's simplyearth.com slash west get a $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you use the code west and subscribe today Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the first episode in the year 2022 of the Matthew West Podcast. And guess what? I'm still your host, Matthew West. And guess what else? I still hope you really like it, just like the song says. I'm so excited for this year ahead and uh, excited to see what God has in store for this podcast. I hope each and every show will speak into your life, encourage you, lift you up. There's a lot of noise in this world, and my prayer for each and every week of this show is that it will be a voice that speaks into your life in a positive way and hopefully points you to Christ at every turn. I know every episode is going to speak to me. I leave every interview just challenged and encouraged and inspired. Inspired. So hopefully the same will be said for you. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Can we just be encouraged by this thought right now? Think about this. The year 2020 is now even further behind us in the rearview mirror. And the year 2021, it's behind us as well, my friends. Let's just thank God for that. Here's a great scripture to start off the first episode of the new year ahead. Isaiah 43, 19. God said, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I wonder if you felt like you've been in a wilderness. I wonder if you felt like you've been in a dry and thirsty wasteland. He's making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, he is doing a new thing, and I can't wait to see what that new thing is. I feel like there's a a book, right? I feel like the story is filled now with empty pages, and they're unmarked and they're unwritten, and we can't wait to see what the author of all stories has in store 
for us. So let's be filled with great anticipation and great expectation because he knows the plans he has for us. We don't know, right? So to us, these pages look blank, unmarked and unwritten. But to him, he knows what's going to happen and he plans to give us a hope and a future. Thank God for that. So uh, if you can't tell already, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up for this year ahead and I'm dreaming big dreams and uh, we're going to be uh, challenging you at the end of every episode with this theme of first thing first, inspired by an interview that I had with the great Kurt Warner, Super Bowl champion, and something he said when he won the Super Bowl MVP after winning the Super Bowl. He said in an interview, first things first, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I've been thinking about that. First things first, as we start off this new year, let's be reminded and challenged before jumping into this new year full speed. Let's take care of first things first. Make sure our priorities are right. Make sure we're putting God first at every turn and make sure that we are setting not just New Year's resolutions to lose weight or exercise more, but some spiritual New Year's resolutions and really choosing to grow stronger and go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And that leads me to my guests today. Let's dive in here. My guests today have written an amazing new book that is going to challenge us all to uh, grow in the practice of prayer. The book is called In the Presence of Jesus, a 40-day guide to the intimacy with God you've always wanted. Paul is the founder of Mindful Christianity. It's an online community helping people discover the contemplative and meditative tradition of practicing the presence of Jesus in their daily lives. And Matt is an author and best-selling collaborative writer who happens to be who I have been writing my new book with and just an incredibly gifted individual. So uh, I get ready for this conversation. I loved it and I think it's really going to speak to your heart and a, a reminder that we can experience an everyday intimacy with Jesus. And if that sounds like something you want to experience more of this year, then this conversation is going to speak straight to your heart. Let's go to the story house with Pastor Paul Bain and my friend Matt Litton. Well, Pastor Paul Bain and Mr. Matt Litton, thank you for joining me here at the story house. It's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Good to be on. Let's get started by uh, letting our listeners, both of my listeners, mom and dad. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've got many more listeners than that, but I want our listeners to to understand before we talk about this amazing new book that uh, I'm going to encourage all of our listeners to to dive into. I want to hear about the origins of how this book came about, and I think to do that, Pastor Paul, would you share? How long have you had the word pastor in front of your name? Uh, since I was 24, and uh, I'm now 68, so it's been a while. I started out to have respect as I was a young guy, so Pastor Paul for the kids to call me something, and so I've, it stuck. That's awesome, and uh, I want to talk about Mindful Christianity. This was an online community that you started how many years ago? Uh, the end of 2014. The end of 2014. And, and what was the genesis of that? What was the, the heartbeat behind you starting this online community, Mindful Christianity? Well, first of all, I, at about 60, I realized I needed to step down or have somebody replace me. And I had a young man that could replace uh, and take over. And so we made a transition from me being the senior pastor to a younger fellow at New Hope Community Church in Brentwood. And... Um, in that process, 
I also realized I needed to find something to do that I could have a positive influence upon people's lives. And so I started out by recognizing that as a pastor, uh, the beginning point was to speak to other pastors and people in ministry and anybody who had been hurt in the ministry or people who had been hurt, just to bring an encouraging word, to uh, bring a, a little levity, a little life, and to uh, affect positive change. And so I started uh, my son, Mindful Christianity Today, used it as a uh, uh, website that I could start to build and to blog and write some things, and uh, then Mindful Christianity as a Facebook community with the idea of being able to help people become mindful of God, uh, His presence in our life, His love, and all those sorts of things. So I started out with one meme, and I started getting people to circulate it. And after many, many, many years, uh, it took at least a couple years to get to 100,000. I learned more about people than wow. you can ever imagine. And I'm at a million, a little over a million followers and likes. And each day, uh, the page has a quarter million interactions uh, on the page of either shares, likes, or comments. So each week, it reaches, the, the reach is about can be as many as 40 million in a month as far as just the page itself or again and then uh, up to um, uh, seven or eight million interactions so it really has uh, taught me a lot about humanity it's taught me a lot about the fact that uh, there'll be no peace until Jesus comes again and uh, because we all have our opinions and so Matt comes along uh, about it's been two or three years ago, I guess, Matt. Yeah, we we met for coffee about three years ago. The interesting thing about Paul's community, he was able to kind of help pastors rescue their get grounded again and rescue their own ministry. Well, I, I my background, I have a lot of pastor friends and and from all kinds of uh, different denominations, and and I uh, I had seen Mindful Christianity's posts being shared by. Episcopal friends, Baptist friends from all over. Okay, the, yeah. And uh, Paul reached out to me. We, we had coffee, and I had been going through kind of a faith faith crisis. Like, is this it? Is this all there? And and I had I had picked up. You know, there's an old Richard Foster book about spiritual disciplines, and I'd been reading Thomas Merton, and just you know trying to find that that point of faith where you're really grounded in Jesus. And that's when Paul and I. Just happened to have coffee to talk about uh, to talk about what he was doing, and and we started dreaming about you know how could we how could we give people something that could help them go on this journey that could help remind them that Jesus is the solid rock they need to start their day with, and that's that's how the whole conversation started about the book. It's powerful because you know coming from one you know, from a preacher's kid, a grown up preacher's kid, you know, the thought that you would have this heartbeat to serve others in ministry. And I've always thought like, where does the minister go to be ministered to? And so for you to be providing that and then seeing the great need for that and seeing spiritual leaders, uh, people in ministry, the Bible talks about not growing weary in well-doing. There comes a burnout. There comes, uh, and maybe a lot of that can be attributed to people in ministry like myself, like you guys falling into the trap of 
so much well-doing or busyness that we forget to take care of first things first. Now, um, for listeners, too, I have to add the the added perspective that Matt Litton, the second voice that you're hearing in this interview, has become a friend of mine as we are collaborating and writing my next book that's going to be coming out. I can't say too much about it just yet. So Matt is a gifted writer, and Matt connects with Pastor Paul, and you guys decide to step into um, exploring the spiritual disciplines. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is my confession. I wonder how many Christians would would agree with this or attribute to this is I love the spiritual. I really struggle with the discipline part. You know, I've read uh, The Way of the Heart by Henry Nouwen that talks about the desert fathers and the importance of silence, solitude, and prayer. I believe Nouwen called silence and solitude the furnace of transformation. And I have learned in my life that I have the hardest time sitting still and doing what Psalm 4610 says, to be still, or the other translation, cease striving. So today we're going to talk a little bit about this book, the heartbeat behind it, and how it can help people explore and not be scared away by the word discipline in that phrase, spiritual discipline. So let's talk about this book. It's a 40-day guide to the intimacy with God you've always wanted. That speaks to me because I think deep down, we all want that intimacy with God, but sometimes we lack the discipline that it takes to get us there, the patience that it takes, or the margin in our lives that it takes to get there. I think that's every Christian, every pastor. Uh, I was 50 years old and um, my life, I mean, it was, uh, we did three services Saturday night, two Sunday morning services, and I found myself afraid of getting quiet because I was afraid of what God might speak to me about how busy I was and how basically I was doing ministry, still faithful to God, but was really not intimate. In 1984, I went to Seoul, South Korea, Bill Bride, Campus Crusade, put on an international prayer conference. I came back from that just before I moved to Brentwood, back to Oklahoma, and I started the discipline of getting up at six o'clock in the morning for prayer, five days a week, did that at the church. But even after all those, I did that for two or three years, but even with all that, I was still missing something later on in my life. And I think what I had to discover was I needed to find a way to quiet my mind. And how do I stop those thoughts from just absolutely, you know, the first time that you stop to say, I'm going to get alone with God. It's like you have unwanted guests that you, everybody's been welcome to come into your house. And the moment that you say, okay, I'm going to get alone with God and you shut the door, every kind of thing comes and beats at your door and says, I've got, you know, you've got a sermon to get ready. You've got a song to do. You've got all these sorts of things. And so part of this book and part of my journey was learning how to let the thoughts come and go. And what does that actually mean? Uh, Because that's, I needed that peace in my life in the sense that I never was by the grace of God. I've been able to survive everything in ministry. You're a preacher's kid. My sons, I think about a year younger than you, Matthew, and uh, I'm just thankful that he's still in the church. My daughter, they're still faithful to God. And that process, that the book is part of that to just say, if it's only for five minutes a day, even if it's just two minutes, learn how to anchor that you can mindfully become aware of God's presence immediately right now. 
In, in fact, I got to plug one of your songs. I, I'd they, appreciate it if you each would plug some of my songs throughout. <laughs> well, the I could, show. I could, I could plug more than one, but uh, I get a lot of comments. Some, I mean, I have a thousand comments a day from people, and so when there's certain memes or whatever, I think one of them is the the beauty of things we miss. Oh yeah, the beautiful things we miss. That's right, and and that's what speaks to people. And of course, then your other with the God who stays. That is really kind of the emphasis of this devotional, if they get it, is the idea that you don't want to miss out the important things in life and miss out on God and ultimately, ultimately be at peace that you recognize the God who stays with us. And he's not he's not out to get me. He's not on the edge of his throne, ready to zap me. Even though I, <laughs> I still wonder sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we all question and we pray. That's why we have grace and faith. But that's the real crux of this is to, to be honest, only one out of 10 or 12, it's, it's, I don't even know what the numbers are now as far as pastors and Christian leaders, women, men alike, that used to be that the ministry people would last 10 years. 50% of all people who start ministry today are gone in five years because of the weight. And so now I, I can get emotional. Uh, I've had friends that uh, one of my best friends was doing some ministry and on his 50th birthday, he took his own life. And he was one who wanted to write a book with me a long time ago. We played basketball together. He says, preach, we need to write a book on dysfunction junction. Wow. And I thought, Lord Jesus, my brother, and, and it, was, it was just a tough time. But I wrote and did this so that I said, I believe there's a way to calm our minds and learn how to be healthy. And sometimes it takes medication, depression, and lots yeah. of things. I'm totally... Part of life is taking medication and those things, but there's a lot of things we can do to quiet our minds and still our minds, and that's that's really the crux of the book and the journey that we're on. Well, it's powerful what you shared, and, and I love that you're, you're coming at it from the perspective of it's like, let us all find the grace in the reality that when we when we do, there's somebody who does not want us to step into a deeper spiritual life. The enemy is going to throw the kitchen sink at us in the form of, like you said, those unwanted guests. And sometimes I seem to love guilt as much as I let it own me. It's like I have this love affair with guilt and I don't want that, but I am so quick to feel guilty when I can't focus on my quiet time with God. Matt, I want to ask you, what would you say what is the biggest obstacle for somebody uh, who's trying to form a habit of consistent and meaningful meditation and silence? And, and why do you think this is like what gets in the way for people? We talk about the unwanted guests, but, you know, what, what's getting in the way for us? This goes back to Paul and I's first coffee when we started dreaming about how how we could help people in this way, because he started this to help pastors. And quickly it started to resonate with everyone. I mean, in our culture. We have so many things, you know, we, we, we talk about there's intention behind what's going on, too. But we're talking about phones, TV, news, you know, the chaos, the ad. Certainly now we get to throw in pandemics, social unrest. There's all of these things that are pulling us away from the present moment, from that quiet. When you look through the Bible, it's always be still and know that I am God. God comes to you in the silence. And we set out to write this book believing that if you invite Jesus to show up and you clear 10 minutes for him to do that, he will. 
the 40 days is intentional. Be a great product for Lint. But we believe 40 days creates a habit. And so every day we, we provide the tools to do this. We have, uh, we have a centering prayer, an invocation where you invite Jesus in, where you take a couple of minutes to fill your mind with scripture, to settle yourself. We have a letter from Jesus that kind of, this book is, is very Jesus focused. It walks you through the character of Jesus um, because we think it's important to meditate on his character every day. Our thought is this is a tool that can help. And, and you know, uh, Paul came from a pastoral perspective. I'm coming from, you know, being around college students, having college age students and and just Matthew people our age that are just being crushed with constant. It, it's like a tsunami of, of stress and information and noise and just getting that 10 minutes of quiet with Jesus. We believe that's transformative. It, it goes back to that Matthew 7. I mean, we are truly living through the rain and the storms. And Jesus says, build your life on my word. And that's what In the Presence of Jesus was written to help people do. I love how you said he will show up. We believe that. And by studying the character of Jesus, we are reminded to call to me and I might answer you. Nope. Call to me and uh, I may pick up. No, call to me and I will answer you. And you talk about what people are facing right now. You know, I think about anxiety. <laughs> I think about, you know, depression. Obviously, Pastor Paul, you just shared just a tragic story of another friend in ministry who took his own life. I think of, uh, you know, a sweet boy named Sam, who was my daughter's classmate at this great Christian school, took his own life in the first week of seventh grade, your heart breaks for, for individuals and families. You know, of course, here we are. It's the beginning of a new year. We do want to believe that hope springs eternal. But gosh, we've had just a couple of terrible years behind us. Every year I rewrite the story, Twas the Night Before Christmas. I started it in 2020. And then this year I wrote, Twas the Night Before Christmas, the year 2021. And much like 2020, not so good, not so fun, you know, and it's, but I think about the anxiety and the stress that tends to rule our lives, uh, the unwanted guests and unwelcomed guests. How can we calm some of those anxious thoughts and really learn to listen for the voice of Christ? You know, I, I think the important thing is, is that not to beat yourself up. I mean, I, James Robinson was a very influential person in my life in the 70s, and James Robinson had preached to 10 million people. And he told God after one time, he said, he said, God spoke to him. He said, I've seen your ministry. How would you like to see mine? And so one day I walked in my study and I was at, uh, it's kind of the introduction of the book of, uh, I said, God, it's time for me to just shut up, get still and listen without any qualification, except just I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to put a time limit on it. I'm not going to expect to make 10 minutes and then make it 20 or 30. I'm just going to come. I'm going to humble myself and say, Lord, I'm willing. I need to hear from you. And you know what? Part of our backgrounds, and especially in the evangelical and our conservative, you know, our Christianity, which is it's great that Jesus is so real. But we also we do carry that guilt. We have these expectations on ourselves that we're human beings, but but we're human doings all the time. You know, that's one of the terms that they've talked about is that somehow God says, I just want you to be. Here's the good news. Jesus says, just come and sit in my presence and be there and just 
sit and listen without any qualification. And now we know that thoughts are going to come. They're going to, I mean, you're going to be bombarded. Well, I learned how to, after time, just let the thought go and then bring it back to Jesus. Let the thought go because we're thinking machines. That's how we're wired. We're wired. We have, we're wired for the future. We're wired for the past. We have depression in the past. We have anxiety for the future. And so to be able to sit in the moment is part of practicing is to just say, Lord, today, right now, in this moment, just as we are here, I'm going to just focus on you for this moment. And I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. That's all I can do right now. And I've learned through the years that those are anchors that I have in my life. When life becomes crazy, I, in the middle of the night, if I wake up and, you know, uh, hey, I'm getting at the age now that, you know, when you're young, death is behind you. Then all of a sudden death walks beside you. And then you get to my age and you realize death is right out here in front of you. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to start talking about how when you get to my age, you got to pee all night in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, that, well, I do that, too. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that routine down really well. But I have that time where I either the Lord's prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I repeat that to myself. And we've been, you know, I was taught to repeat the Lord's prayer or to say the Lord's prayer was a vain repetition. There's a lot of things we have to kind of rethink to some degree as far as how we've been trained and the things that we do. So I've not, so scripture, you know, study and memorize scripture. I never was good at that. I know a lot of scriptures when you preach that long, but I never realized to meditate and sit just in the presence and take the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, the trouble is, is the only green pastures that are really around is usually uh, those are cemeteries, basically, in the sense of the green lush lawn. But that's the anchor we're looking for, Matthew, that we believe that anyone can have those moments where we can find that acre when our day goes crazy that we can just focus for the moment and say, thank you, Jesus. Pray a prayer, whatever it may be. And that will begin to calm our spirit and the presence of God shows up. Hey guys, kick off 2022 with a better checking account with no monthly fees. Chime, an award-winning app and debit card has no overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. With over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, you can access your money when you need it where you need it. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee free for you and no cash out fees for them. Make your first good decision of the new year and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score at all. Get started at Chime.com slash West. That's Chime.com slash West. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank. NA members FDIC get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds.
I feel like sometimes the world looks at folks like us and and might say, okay, you know, we're going to put you in the category of being a spiritual giant or whatever. You know what I mean? The one who has more answers than questions, the one who who knows more Bible verses than the average person, the one who's got this discipline thing down. But at every turn here, what you guys are describing is, hey, we are all going to have a constant struggle. I asked my dad, who's been a pastor for 38 years, I said, does it ever get easier to continue that discipline of spending time alone with Jesus. And, you know, he's always shared with me, he's like, you know what? The distractions still come. The enemy never stops uh, trying to get me away from the presence of Jesus. But that just means it's all the more essential for me to dig in because that's exactly where transformation is taking place. But Matt, I need you to clarify here because, you know, isn't, isn't meditation like some new age where we go to Lululemon and we get stretchy pants and then we, <laughs> um, you know, meditation gets, it seems like a word that's been stolen by, you know, some things other than Christian. Can you clarify here before we go off the deep end into uh, stretchy pants? <laughs> <laughs> I love what you, t- what you said, Matthew, about, you know, Jesus brings the calm. Well, Paul and I call that the holy now. And now, now meditation can be kind of a dirty word in some some circles, but but it, we, there's actually a tradition, and it's not meditation like you think of it, like you know, the whole deal. Um, but but meditating on Scripture, meditating on the presence of Jesus, and 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 I don't, we don't really use the word meditation as much as an awareness. You know, uh, Paul and I call that moment the holy now, and that means that you're not. You're not focused on the future, which you have no control over, which is worry. You're not rewinding the past, which is regret. Christ doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to sit there and beat ourselves up. It's making time and just saying, God, show up. I'm going to be present in this moment. And we believe those moments are healing and powerful. And those are the moments where you get that calm. Those are the moments where you hear Jesus say, hey, get on board and participate with what I'm doing. You know, um, those are transformative moments. And, and we think you can have those every day. Uh, and we think that's important. I mean, that's an important thing for Christians to embrace. You know, when I met Paul, he started talking to me about, hey, some of these practices are ancient Christian practices, you know, talking about the desert fathers. And so some of what we're doing in this book is giving people tools to do things that have been part of being a Christian for thousands of years. And we've just kind of forgotten them. But we need them today with all this noise and chaos and busyness, the way we're being bombarded with stress and information. We we need it. Uh, You got that right. We need it. And, you know, I think sometimes it's funny because the reason I read that Henry Nowen book was because I had to have surgery on my vocal cords several years ago. And I thought my music career was over and I had to be completely silent for several weeks a friend just felt like this book was going to speak to me and speak to me. It did. And I'll tell you what, it made me think of the the quote by C.S. Lewis that says, you know, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes I wish I didn't I didn't have to be drawn to the stillness of God's presence by a car crash. Like for me, it's like I feel like Saul getting knocked off a donkey before I finally go, oh, OK, <laughs> this is first things first. And, uh, you know, but what I hope is that as people are listening to us talk, that they're feeling this rising up within them going, 
you know what, what they're talking about, about being in the holy now, about being in the presence of Jesus, I think I need that more than the other things on my to-do list today. And you're giving each person, whether they consider themselves a spiritual giant or a spiritual infant, to just simply accept the invitation to step into the holy now, to worry less about being a human doing today, and to say, Lord, what are you doing? And more importantly, what are you trying to say to me? I feel like I'm so good at talking about God, and I want to get better at talking to God and listening for his voice. And that's a prayer for mine. As I start the new year, we talk about New Year's resolutions so much, don't we? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you guys on at the beginning of a year to talk about this because I want to challenge, I'm challenging myself to go, there's a lot of things I want to get better at, you know? I want to get in better shape. I want to get become a better songwriter. I want to, but you know what? I want to be a better prayer. How many people actually put that on their list and how might that actually change our lives, right? Yes. Before we close out, as we're talking about you guys, Pastor Paul Bain and Matt Litton, they've written this great book. In the Presence of Jesus, it's a 40-day guide to the intimacy with God you've always wanted. As Matt pointed out, a great book for Lent. I just believe a great book for right now, for a brand new year, as you're you're thinking, hey, how can I become the best person that God's created me to be? We talk on this podcast all the time about it's your story for his glory. God has great plans for the story of your life, and you're stepping into a new chapter called 2022. Let's step into that chapter with a new determination determination to spend time with Jesus and discover the life-changing power of his presence. One of the questions I ask every guest is I talk about the blue couch story. And I feel like we've kind of been talking about this from the beginning of God's desire to reveal himself to us and to long, he longs for us to be in his presence and he longs for us to long to be in his presence. I tell my story of asking Jesus into my heart, watching a Billy Graham crusade on a blue couch, but I'm curious curious to hear from you, Pastor Paul, and you, Matt, of a blue couch story in your life, a moment where you felt the closeness of God in such a real way where you could no longer deny it, and it changed you forever. Eighth grade, I remember going to revival, and I went forward at a Methodist church, and God took my heart. But I was a junior in college. I'd gone through OCS in the Marine Corps the first summer. And uh, I was not really living a Christian life. And God, by the grace of God, I'd walked on at Arkansas after a junior college experience. And I had two Christian buddies. My brother were there, was also there. And uh, they began to influence me. And, and I remember picking up a book, a Bible study, because they were always giving me stuff to read. And it was by Bill Bright, You Shall Receive Power When the Holy Spirit Comes Upon You. And I began to read that and study that. And uh, one night... It was just before Christmas, uh, probably 1973, and uh, I read that book and studied it, and I said, God, if you're the God that is able to give me the power that I can live the life and that I won't be a failure and that I won't be a nominal Christian, I want you to fill my heart and renew my heart. And in that moment, uh, I had been in Quantico, Virginia, in officer candidate school, and I had been a company candidate company commander. And uh, 
I had 170 guys that was, you know, they do this for a day or two to let you do that. And I remember they didn't come and they didn't line up and, and getting. And I, I used God's name in vain in front of 175 guys and said, get, you know, whatever. And and back uh, now today, that's not so it's not uncommon to hear that. But 50 years ago. And I remember that night that when God spoke to my heart, he said, even though you took my name in vain. I totally forgive you. And from that moment on, my life has been radically different. And the grace of God is journeying me where I tell people I have 10,000 people that have impacted my life that I meet every day, good, bad, indifference. And I've impacted 10,000 people, hopefully positively for Jesus. But that's my moment that I I have lots of moments. I can still remember so vividly him speaking to my heart and it wasn't audible or anything. But even though you used my name and cursed me, I still forgive you. And that's radically changed my life. That's powerful, Pastor Paul. And I love how you shared multiple moments too. And that's really the heart. That's why I was excited to talk about this book because you know, it's not just one moment that God desires to have with us. It's And on the back of the book I was reading, too, it just says, awaken moment by moment to the enduring presence of a loving God and experience tranquility for your mind and your soul. The many moments along the way is the whole heartbeat of this book. Matt, I know a bit of your story because as we were starting to write my next book together, I mean, you're a, you're a gifted writer and you're one of those guys. You kind of do what I do in the songwriting world where I'm sort of behind, I, I write my own songs, but then I'm behind the scenes writing songs with and for other artists and kind of helping walk alongside them to better tell their story. You do that in the book world. I had been craving collaboration and we're going to, you'll probably come back on. We'll talk about my next book when it comes out, but I, the book writing process can be incredibly isolating and I'll sort of feel like I'm getting crazy. You know, we already talked about how hard of a time I have sitting still. So I was craving <laughs> collaboration and I thought, what if I wrote a book like I wrote a song and enter another guy named Matt. I figure, well, he's got a good first name. This might be a good. And we've had the best time working on a book together, but it's also been in the midst of some really incredibly difficult challenges and obstacles in your life um, with illness. And um, I know a lot of people can relate, um, but I I'm curious to hear about a blue couch experience in your life as well, Matt. I love how you frame that, that these blue couch moments, they can happen every day. And we have the mountaintop moments. And I, I you know, Paul talks about one of his early mountaintop moments. My, my earliest moment of hearing God's voice was on a mountaintop in the Andes Mountains. That's pretty cool. On a, uh, yeah, it was on, on a mission trip when I was 16 years old. And I just felt God speaking to me saying, hey, you know, I, I've got stuff for you to do. Paul and I, it was a blue couch moment for Paul and I to embark on this journey and write this book and for me to learn this process. And I didn't know it at the time when I met Paul, but I would very quickly need that. And I think it was April uh, it, at the beginning of the pandemic, 2020, I ran seven miles one day and then couldn't get out of bed the next. Um, and I was in and out of the hospital for months. And when you have a health crisis like that, everything else is stripped away. It allows you to focus. And, and when I talk about the holy now, that became kind of survival for me each day to get before God 
and be reminded that, hey, God is with me right now. He's got my tomorrow. He's got my yesterday. But right now is what matters. It wasn't just a blue couch moment. It was a series of, of days. And, and Pastor Paul and I, uh, he was my prayer partner through a lot of that. And Matthew, I know you walked with me through that, but but I have lived, uh, I've recently lived what we talk about in this book as far as just getting with God every day and why that matters, why those moments matter, um, why the holy now matters so much more than tomorrow or yesterday, because it's what we have with God. Yeah, that holy now, man, that'll preach, and and that's going to speak to so many people. And and yeah, it's like just hearing your journey. I mean, you you blue couch hospital bed, and uh, uh, the stuff that you went through, and and how you found God's presence in a very real way. He truly does meet us, and and seek to meet us in every moment. Uh, whether it's a moment in a hospital bed, whether it's a moment in the middle of a crazy day, maybe it's a moment during carpool, maybe it's a moment when we're trying to search for a job. Uh, maybe it's a moment when we're in the midst of a, a severe anxiety attack, uh, which I discovered that I am not immune to uh, from time to time. Whatever the moment is, if you're listening to this right now, whatever moment this podcast interview has found you in, would you be reminded, not about these three knuckleheads talking right now, but be reminded of the God who, who seeks to step into this moment and it can become a holy now, and it can change your life. Nothing can change our lives. The three of us can attest to this. Raise your hand if you've ever found anything that changes your life like the life, like the presence of Jesus. Not a single hand goes up. Nothing can change our lives like the presence of Jesus, and that's what this book's about. Nothing. Man, I'm so glad we got the chance to talk today. We're blessed. You, you have a, a Matt is a prolific writer, and we're blessed. And it's been it's just a delight to get to kind of officially meet you, Matthew, and just to be with you and to uh, share with everyone and on the podcast and God's blessing. And the website that people can go to to receive encouragement as well is mindfulchristianity.com? No, it's mindfulchristianitytoday.com. Okay, mindfulchristianitytoday.com. We're going to post a link on the official podcast page to the book In the Presence of Jesus. Again, it's a 40-day guide to the to the intimacy with God that you've always wanted. Um, there's going to be a link at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. And of course, you're going to be hearing more from my friend Matt Litton in the coming months as we begin to get so fired up for another little book that I'm, that I'm sure it's not as good as your book, but uh, we did our best. Thank you guys so much for joining me at the Story House today. It's great to talk to you. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, now it's time for songs from the Story House. Today's song from the Story House. I've got to feature this song because it's the first episode of a new year and I've got a song called Brand New, and it was the title cut off of my last album. It also happens to be the name of our spring tour. The tickets just went on sale for that spring tour, by the way. Shameless plug for the brand new tour coming to a city near you. Tickets available at MatthewWest.com. But that's not what this segment is about. This segment is about you getting fired up as you listen to this song. This is one of my favorite songs I've ever put on a record. It never made it on the radio, but that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to hear it right here and right now. Be reminded, be encouraged by this. Take a deep breath and be reminded that you are not the finished version of yourself yet. And God knows that, and he still loves you. 
So stop beating yourself up, expecting yourself to always achieve that level of perfection that is only achieved by one, a perfect God who gives us a perfect love. His perfect love goes out and changes the imperfect lives that we live. And I am so thankful that every single day he's making each one of us more and more like him. So keep your eyes on him and know that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. He's making you new. He's making you new. He's healing your heart right where you are. If only you knew. Get fired up by that as you listen to this song today. Brand new. When you close your eyes, do you go back there to a bended knee? And Lord, I need you whispered prayers. Remember the moment you let Jesus in Would you give anything to go back there again? You feel like a million mistakes and a million miles Away from the first time faith of a child But oh, I want you to know He's making you new He's making you
He's my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this final segment of today's show is called Dad Advice. Dad, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Matthew. Just before the holidays, or right around the holidays, I had Super Bowl champion Kurt Warner on as a guest, which, you know, high school football player in me was was geeking out over that big <laughs> yeah. time. But, but I shared with Kurt that I had gone back and listened to some of his old interviews. I found this old interview post-game after he won the Super Bowl and was Super Bowl MVP, and they put a microphone in his face as they always do and asked him about the game and his performance. And, you know, I thought he was going to say, I'm going to Disney world or whatever. But the the first thing he said was he said, first things first, I want to thank my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And he kind of shouted it out like, like Rocky Balboa did when he shouted for Adrian. But that phrase, first things first has been rolling around in my head ever since that interview. And it's kind of becoming a personal theme for me in my spiritual journey here in this this crucial season as we step into a new year, just really feeling a need to reassess my personal priorities and make sure that I am indeed putting first things first. And so we're going to kind of roll with that theme. You know, I know when you preached every Sunday, you preached from your own personal journey and from what the Lord was doing in your life you know, the outpouring of that was what you spoke into other people's lives. And I think we're, we're trying to do the same thing. So let's talk about first things first today. Here we are. It's the first episode of the new year. Why is it so important for us to kind of reassess our priorities and make sure, you know, everything's in its right place? Well, it's so important. And it seems like the new year is always a good time. It always challenges that, us in that area. And by the way, that was a great interview with Kurt Warner. Yeah. Um, my four-year-old grandson, Duke, came home from a baseball game this summer wearing a red foam hand with a pointer finger up signifying that his team was number one. And I'm sure you probably wore those when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. And we took you to ball games. And uh, of course, we're going to see a, We see a lot of those during the football season right now. But it was a good reminder to me that we start this new year, we need to make sure that God is number one in our lives, not ourselves or people or things, yep. but God. And the key verse is Matthew 6.33, yes. but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And uh, the word that sticks out more than any word in that key verse is the word but there was something being said before this verse that triggered this statement jesus was bringing attention to the things that would keep us away yeah. from what was the most important thing in this case it was food clothing shelter and he was saying don't get carried away with all of those things but seek first the kingdom of god so as this new year begins, let's put God first. Let's acknowledge him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our lives. Then let's determine to keep our eyes on him the whole year through. Second Corinthians 4, 18 says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. But 
Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so I love the but at the beginning, right? That saying, hey, don't worry about all these other things, but instead seek first. And then at the end, it gives us a beautiful and wonderful promise. And all these things shall be added unto you. So when you seek God's will for your life, you're going to find God's will for your life. And where God's will is and in the center of God's will are rewards and riches, not maybe not monetary, but there's nothing more fulfilling. There's no greater gift that we're going to receive than when we step into the center of God's will for our lives. We're going to receive all the things that we hope for. We may not even know what we need, right? We think yeah. we know what we need, but when we step into the center of God's will, all these things that we need will be added unto us. So great reminder to start off the new year. Everybody go and read Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That's that's putting first things first, yes. God above all else. And a sad story for many is that they spend their whole life seeking the wrong things and not the right thing, mm. and that is Jesus Christ. And you find out at the end, and you say, oh, man, I had it backwards. You yes, know, I, yeah. I always have that image of putting your ladder up against the wrong building and spending your whole life climbing to the top of that building, and then you look around and you realize you, you had it up against the wrong up against the wrong building. So awesome word to start the new year and encouragement to put first things first. Hey, that's our show for today. The first episode of 2022 is in the books. I want to thank my guests, Pastor Paul Bain and my friend Matt Litton. You'll hear more about the new book that I've written with Matt Uh, It's going to be coming out later in the year, but uh, their book is called In the Presence of Jesus, a 40-day guide to the intimacy with God you've always wanted. I'll post a link to that book on socials and uh, also at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. Also want to thank my dad, as always, for joining me with a great message of encouragement, that reminder to put first things first. Go look up that scripture, Matthew 6.33. It's a good one to read today. It's a good one to commit to memory as well. If our ministry can serve you and support you, pray for you, uh, if you've got a story you want to share of what God's doing in your life, we would love to stay in contact with you. We'd love to send you a weekly email devotional that I write called Day One Devos, all as a gift uh, from our ministry to you. Go to popwe.org, P-O-P-W-E.org today, and we would love to stay in contact and do life with you, help encourage you no matter which chapter of your story you find yourself in today. Last but not least, I want to remind Remind you that we have officially gone on sale with our spring tour. The brand new tour is happening and it's starting in February with special guest Ann Wilson. We've got some shows with special guest Jordan Feliz, shows with special guest Kane and Hannah Kerr. I mean, it's going to be an awesome spring. Tickets are available now at Matthew West. You'll see it right at the front of the page. Don't miss your chance to come and see us live. And with that, I hope you go make the most of the one life you get. My friends, it's a new day. It's a new year. The old is behind us and the new has come. God is doing a new thing and I believe he's doing a new thing in your life. So would you do this for me? Would you remember you get one shot at this life? No regrets, no what ifs. Remember, it's your story for his glory. Let's go, 2022, here we come. God bless you, thanks for joining me. I'll see you next week.
But seriously, I, I, I do.